we're talking about generationship. And if you're going to look for this word in a dictionary or in Wikipedia, you will not find it. Meron generation ship, okay, two words, which means a manned spacecraft designed for long travels that allows a small society to travel and reproduce so that the future generations can reach the destination kahit wala na yung original crew. Now, for our purposes, what we mean by generationship, one word, is actually a relationship between two generations being united in the same mission regardless of difference in generation. As we heard last week, God is a multi-generational God. And God's heart is for the generation then, the generation now, and the generation next, and the generations that are still to come. I'm sure you're aware and you agree with me that no matter how great the works of God are in one generation, if that generation does not consider the next generation, all good things must come to an end. Have you ever heard of that phrase, history repeats itself? Or those who cannot remember the past are condemned to repeat it? Diba, medyo pangit pakinggan. But as bad as it sounds, we do see it in many places. We see it in government. We see it in business. We even see it in churches. Great movements becoming great monuments. A reminder of a great past in one generation without a great future. And it appears that man from the beginning is so concerned with his own thing, his own time, his own generation, that we tend to neglect the next generation and prepare them well for what is ahead. Diba nga, the Garden of Eden was just good for one generation. And this is what we are trying to address in this short series entitled Generationship. Because history does not have to repeat itself. Imagine the younger generation standing on the shoulders of what the previous generation has built, gaining wisdom uh, from the wealth and experience of the past, and combining that with strength and passion of the present for the future. Imagine if the older generation, like myself, okay, building a bigger and better platform for the next generation to grow and flourish and thrive and even become better so that they could go further and even last longer than the previous one. So the question is, how do we really bridge this generation gap? Hindi lang energy gap. Okay? How can we be a church that exhibits generationship? Multi-generational partnership with a multi-generational God to accomplish His mission. Imagine if King Saul, that we discussed last week, if King Saul just supported and prepared David, what could have happened to King Saul or his son Jonathan? Or to King David and even to the nation of Israel? Good thing though that David succeeded in passing it on to the next generation, Solomon. Now, he wasn't a perfect king and he wasn't a perfect leader nor a perfect father nor his generation was the best, but at least it ushered in the golden years of Israel as a nation. Vast wealth, legendary wisdom, architectural developments, international fame, and a great time of peace. In verses 1 to 5, we read that King David was on a mission. 
in verse 1. Sabi dan, then David said, Here shall be the house of the Lord God, and here the altar of burnt offering for Israel. So si David, he had it in his heart to build the house of the Lord God, the first temple. Uh, kasi nga, prior to that, the Ark of the Covenant, which is the symbol of God's covenant, God's presence, and God's power among His people, for almost 500 years, okay, it was just intense in a temporary shelter. So David had it in his heart to have a permanent dwelling place for God among His people. However, he was not God's man to accomplish the task, but Solomon. So, ano yung naging response ni David? In verse 5, sabi ng David said, Solomon, my son is young and inexperienced. And the house that is to be built for the Lord must be exceedingly magnificent of fame and glory throughout all lands. I will therefore make preparation for it. So, David provided materials in great quantity before his death. So, si Solomon and the next generation, they're young and inexperienced. And the task which is for the Lord is exceedingly magnificent of fame and glory throughout the lands. In fact, if you look at history, it took seven years. It's a seven-year project just to complete the temple. And yet, he was able to do it in his generation. If there's anything that is to last longer than one generation, it has to be the mission of God. And this is our starting point. Not our own dreams, not our own ambitions, not passing on our unfulfilled desires and ambition to the next generation, but God's mission. It may appear different in our generation and in the next generation, but the mission must continue. God is a multi-generational God, and God's heart is for the generation then, generation now, and generation next, and the generations that are still to come. God's mission is too big for just one man, just for one family, just for one nation, and just for one generation. God's desire is to see people from every nation redeemed and His glory to be displayed in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations forever and ever. And everybody say, Amen. You know, thank God that we have leaders who captured this heart. And nakuha nila tong vision ito and spirit of a multi-generational God wanting to reach every nation and every generation. Kaya nga, thank God for our leaders. We need to keep praying for our leaders as well. We are a family of churches, not just in the Philippines, but internationally known as every nation. Kasi nga, ganun tayo committed sa, kakommitted sa mission ni God. And that is why we do Kids Church. That is why we do Every Nation Campus. That is why we do uh, Real Life and uh, Real Life Foundation to support scholars. In other words, great things happen when the older generation, again, like myself, does something for the next generation. History does not have to repeat itself. That is why we need to call and charge the next generation with God's mission. In verse 6 to 10, this is what we read. Then he called for Solomon his son and charged him to build a house for the Lord, the God of Israel. David said to Solomon, My son, I had it in my heart to build a house to the name of the Lord my God. But the word of the Lord came to me saying, You have shed much blood and have waged great wars. You shall not build a house to my name because you have shed so much blood before me on the earth. Behold, 
A son shall be born to you who shall be a man of rest. I will give him rest from all his surrounding enemies. For his name shall be Solomon. And I will give peace and quiet to Israel in his days. He shall build a house for my name. He shall be my son and I will be his father. And I will establish his royal throne in Israel forever. Just listen to that. David had it in his heart. But it was Solomon who was to build it with his hands. For us to effectively call the next generation and charge them with God's mission, we must have it first in our hearts. Hindi lang pwede pasa lang tayo ng pasa of what the next generation has to do. It has to come from within as well. It has to be in our heart. And David wasn't a perfect person. He, he also did things that were not pleasing to the Lord. But he was after God's own heart. Kaya siguro okay na siya with his part. And he was willing to let go of what's for the next generation. He could have insisted, pwede naman yung ipilit na siya na lang yung gumawa nun, so that he will get the credit of uh, you know, being the one who built the house of the Lord. But he heard God, not just for his part, but also for Solomon's part. David saw Solomon for his calling and destiny and purpose in God. That he is to be a man of rest. Kaya nga yung name nga Solomon nga actually means peaceful. He saw the future of the nation under his leadership. And he spoke of the Lord's calling upon him and charged him to fulfill that. Imagine this father, imagine this king telling Solomon what God told David about him. More than that, God was saying that Solomon is not just David's son. But God's son. Can you imagine siguro yung, yung feeling ni David telling Solomon, God is gonna be a father to you. You are also God's son, hindi lang my son. I'm sure it's an emotional moment. And God has a plan for Solomon that is even beyond his generation, that God will establish his throne forever. Imagine seeing the generations together, seeing God's call and God's charge for each generation. Maybe kaya ganito rin si David because he was learning from the mistakes of King Saul and, and how he was treated. King Saul opposed the call of David, so David supported the call of Solomon. King Saul saw David as a threat to his own rule and reign, but David saw Solomon as a continuation of God's purpose to rule and reign over God's people. King Saul pushed David in the front lines of battles to be killed. But David spoke life into his calling and pushed him to his destiny. Let us not become like King Saul, but instead be more like David. When we see the next generation as more than our children, but that they are God's children, all the more that we want to prepare them well. History does not have to repeat itself. That is why we need to provide for them and pray for them to succeed in God's mission. In verse 2 to 4, we read a while ago that David commanded to gather together the resident aliens who were in the land of Israel. And he set stone cutters to prepare dressed stones 
for building the house of God. So, hindi ito yung bato na dinamitan. Okay, ibig sabihin yung, yung stone na inayos talaga, talaga para prepared siya for the house of God. Perfectly fit for the structure. David also provided, take note, great quantities of iron for nails for the doors of the gates and for clamps, as well as bronze in quantities beyond weighing and cedar timbers without number for the Sidonians and Tyrians brought great quantities of cedar to David. See, David, in his old age, he could have settled with doing his part. He killed Goliath. He's, he won battles. He could have just cruised in his old age, retiring from the work and letting the younger ones do the heavy lifting. Pero anong ginawa ni David? He continued to lead in order to prepare and provide great quantities of what Solomon would need before his death. In fact, in continuation, verse 11 to 12, sabi niya, Now, my son, ito pa, may kasama pang prayer, the Lord be with you, so that you may succeed in building the house of the Lord your God as He has spoken concerning you. Only may the Lord grant you discretion and understanding that when He gives you charge over Israel, you may keep the law of the Lord your God. In a sense, you know, David was giving Solomon uh, an eavesdrop of what he was praying to God. David prayed and wished Solomon well. And that the Lord would be with him and that he would succeed. That the Lord will grant him discretion or wisdom and understanding para malid niya yung nation well. And David was reminding Solomon that the Lord will be with him. That the house to be built is not for, for David, but it's for the Lord his God. That it was not just David speaking to him, but it was the Lord speaking to Solomon about his purpose and his destiny. That it was the Lord who was giving him the charge over Israel. And that he needs to keep the law of the Lord his, not just David's God, but his God. God's mission is too big for one generation. But if the previous generation will prepare provide and pray to support and help the next generation succeed, they will go farther than we've gone, be better than we've been, and be more successful than we could ever imagine or dream of in our generation. You know, there's this quote that says, the beauty of collaboration between older and younger generations is that we combine strength with wisdom, a surefire way, to accomplish more for the glory of God. I'm sure recently you probably heard of Chadwick Boseman, more popularly known as the Black Panther, who died, uh, I think, because of uh, cancer. But there's this video clips going around, and it captured the spirit of generationship. Uh, in this video, he was uh, honoring Denzel Washington for paying his college fee when he was still a student. And, and let me quote his part of his speech during this uh, honoring to Denzel Washington. Sabi there is no Black Panther without Denzel Washington. And not just because of me, but my whole cast. That generation stands on your shoulders. The battles won, the thousand territories gained, the many sacrifices you made for culture on film sets through your career. The things you refused to compromise along the way laid the blueprints for us to follow. And so now let he who has watered be watered, that he who has given be given to. It is an honor to now know you, learn from you, and join in this work with you. May God bless you exceedingly and abundantly more than what's in store than he ever has before. 
God bless you. Atuwa naman ng speech ni ano, the Black Panther to the Equalizer, <laughs> Denzel Washington. But you know, when you think about it, I, I, I think of how powerful the impact of one act from one man, from one generation, to one boy of another generation. Imagine what can happen when one generation, a whole generation commits together to impact not just one boy, but a whole generation and prepare them and pray for them to succeed. Let him who watered others be watered too. That's why I would like to honor the parents, especially during this quarantine, day in, day out, trying to do your best, our best to raise up the next generation well. The titos and the titas and the lolos and the lolas who, who serve also as secondary parents. The school teachers, the victory group leaders who stand as spiritual parents. The kids' church volunteers, the campus missionaries, the real-life partners who keep planting a seed of hope and a bud of faith. And more than that, seeds of the life-transforming gospel to help a generation know God and His mission so that they can truly succeed in becoming who they are meant to be. To my generation and the generation then, and the generation now, let us prepare, provide, and pray for them to succeed in God's mission. Let's invest in the next generation. Spend more time with your younger relatives. Get them involved in kids' church, in the youth and campus ministry that we are doing. Let's believe for a great future for our children. Teach them well and let them lead the way. Show them all the beauty they possess inside. Pero syempre, don't give them a sense of pride, but teach them to serve faithfully, serve humbly, and serve honorably because learning to love yourself is not the greatest love of all. God's love for us is the greatest love of all. That's why we need to share it to every generation. History does not have to repeat itself. The idealism of the previous generation does not have to be replaced with the cynicism of the next generation. Our hopes and our dreams when we were young does not have to turn into broken hopes and frustrations when we grow up. And to the next generation. Sino dito generation next? Yes. I have a request from you. Please don't repeat our mistakes, but graciously learn from them. Don't disconnect yourself more by living in a virtual world and settling for avatars and virtual people. There are real people here who are praying for you and wants to help you know God more so that you can know who God called you to be and know God's mission and destiny for your life. We would gladly help you and support you to truly succeed in life so that when your time comes to lead the next generation, you can be so much wiser, way better, and go farther than we have ever been. History will not repeat itself when we build relationship first with God and with others. Not just in our generation, but also with the generation before us and the generations after us. Every generation must 
learn to receive from the previous generation and how to be a blessing to the next generation by giving them reminders and relationships to keep them on God's mission. In verse 13 to 16, it says, Then you will prosper if you are careful to observe the statutes and the rules that the Lord commanded Moses for Israel. Be strong and courageous. Fear not. Do not be dismayed. With great pains I have provided for the house of the Lord. A hundred thousand talents of gold, a million talents of silver and bronze and iron beyond weighing. For there is so much of it. Timber and stone too I have provided. To this you must add. You have an abundance of workmen, stone cutters, masons, carpenters, and all kinds of craftsmen without number, skilled in working gold, silver, bronze, and iron. Arise and work. The Lord be with you. So David was reminding Solomon to be careful in observing the statutes and the rules that the Lord commanded. He was clarifying the call and he was giving the charge. He was saying to Solomon, be strong and courageous. Move from being weak to someone who is stronger. Fear not. In other words, do not withdraw. Do not hold back. Do not be dismayed. Do not be broken and emotionally shattered in, in millions of pieces. Be solid. Be whole in this. David reminded Solomon of his own sacrifices to provide for the project. He spelled out the resources that he provided for the mission. But he also reminded that Solomon has a part to play. He has something to add. He even spelled out what he had in abundance. The people, the skills. And he charged them again, Arise and work. The Lord be with you. In verse 17 and 19, David also commanded all the leaders of Israel to help Solomon his son. Saying, Is not the Lord your God with you? And has he not given you peace on every side? For he has delivered the inhabitants of the land into my hand. And the Lord is subdued before the Lord and his people. Now set your mind and heart to seek the Lord your God. Arise and build the sanctuary of the Lord God. So that the ark of the covenant of the Lord and the holy vessels of God may be brought into a house built for the name of the Lord. David also rallied the leaders to support Solomon. The king reminded the people of what the peace of the land was for. He reminded them also to set their minds and heart to seek the Lord their God. In other words, he was rallying a community. He was rallying a people who will pursue and support the mission of God together with Solomon. And David also tells not just Solomon but the leaders to arise and build up the sanctuary of the Lord God. He reminded them to pursue the mission of God. It was not just Solomon who would do it, but they are to do it together. Even the leaders of Israel, the older ones, together with Solomon, their king, a younger one. That the project is not just about the honor of Solomon or for them as a nation, but it is for the name of the Lord. The mission of God is too big for David, and it is even too big for Solomon. Other leaders must rally together in accomplishing it. History does not have to repeat itself over and over again as if a generation is starting from scratch. What about the good things? Siyempre, we want the good things to repeat itself. Would it be okay to keep repeating the good things? Should all good things come to an end? 
Well, we have a saying that all good things must come to an end. In a sense, I agree with that. Because some good things, especially the God things, can become better and better. As every generation learns and receives from the previous generation, serving faithfully, humbly, and honorably, and every generation gives the calling and the charge, the provision and the preparation, the reminders and the relationships to pursue God's mission, to stay on God's mission, and to accomplish the mission. History can be His story, God's story, redeeming people from every nation, and His glory being displayed throughout all generations. His story is in the making. God is turning the hearts of the fathers and the children towards Him and towards one another now more than ever. God is calling you and I to partner with Him and with each other in accomplishing His will and plan on the earth as it is in heaven. It is too big for one man. It is too big for one generation. It is even too big for one church. But if we all come together, we could go farther, we could do much better, and we can prepare a generation to last longer and to accomplish more than they could ever dream or imagine. When we bridge the generation gap, when generations gather around God's mission in partnership, or as we call it, generationship, we move from faith to faith, from strength to strength, and from glory to glory.